0: Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability Educational Shorts. While irrational debates rage on amongst world leaders about climate change, here at Realistic Sustainability, we search for these net positive actions, you know, building our positive footprint kind of actions that when accumulated over millions and millions of people really helps move the needle without these so-called leaders and their help. Today, it kind of works out for me. (laughs) I spent all morning working on the edible landscape project. So when I talk about today's topic, regenerative farming, it reminds me, we're trying to convince people to spend less money and do less work for a much better result. Uh, <laughs> with the amount of sweat dripping off me today, I don't know why that's hard. Regenerative farming is a better form of farming. So this short is really aimed for not only us, but you know, let's face it, our gardens aren't that big, but small to medium-sized farms. Regenerative farming could put them ahead of these large corporations at some point. Our hope is that these small and medium-sized farms master the process of regenerative farming long before corporations realize they're, they're far too late to jump in and they start to struggle badly. For sustainability, we would much rather have these small and medium farms feeding regions, local areas and regional areas with their foods, because that's less transportation. We don't need things from different countries shipped over here to be canned and then sent to another country. We just want food sent locally to us. And this is how this happens. Regenerative farming is a holistic approach to land management. It uses the power of photosynthesis and sequestered carbon from plants to improve soil health, Crop yields and nutrient density. Yeah, it's honestly not super difficult. And I'm pretty sure it's what my grandpa used to do. Now, minus the tilling. He did a lot of tilling when he got his tractor, but cover crops and all these other pieces that go along to regenerative farming, he was all about. So, What is regenerative farming other than that definition I gave you? And by the way, this is a very, very brief look at regenerative farming. It can be very as complex as you want it, but I'm just going to give you the basics because, well, it's short. So the first thing is minimum to no tilling. You might run a single blade to be able to drop seed into the ground, but you don't disrupt the soil. You want to keep the soil as as clean as possible. You don't want to just till it all up because then, if you've ever seen the no maps or NASA's tracker maps about CO2, it shoots up dramatically during tilling season in the United States. All these massive farms start turning the land and release all this all this carbon from the ground. Well, all of that leaves the ground, goes into the atmosphere, and is no longer useful for the ground or the plants that will be grown in there. That's kind of how the dust bowl happened, but we'll set that aside for a moment. Number two, maximize your, your crop density and diversity. You want to be able to have multiple things in one area. You ever seen the Facebook meme of the three sisters where they always talked about, I think it was the Mayans would grow corn with climbing beans so that the the corn became the thing that the beans could climb on while replacing some of the nutrient into the ground for the corn. Then they would also plant squash or zucchini next to it, which is created this cover so that kept the weeds away from those plants those are symbiotic relationships or companion plants that work together this is what they're talking about put different plants in different areas allowing you to have maybe flowers at different times of the year so it doesn't become a food desert for pollinators or that whatever nutrients one takes the other one replaces number three follow crop rotation that's one i remember from grandpa You don't plant corn in the same place you planted corn because you took all the corn nutrients. And you rotate your plants. Now, I will say, if you can get your densities correctly and keep your diversity high, you may not even have to. But it is always better to do so. Give that land a rest. And you also want to make sure that you're using cover crops. Clover is a great example. When you're not farming the land, let it be an ecosystem. Let there be root growth. It's the root growth that's going to keep your soil where it needs to stay. If it's barren and it rains, your topsoil runs off with your drain. You can see that here in Michigan when you drive by farms. You can see which way the water runs because it digs these trenches out and takes the soil with it. In this process, it's like you just have a field of clover. You have nothing but wildlife, bees, and nutrients going back into the soil, creating a live soil you know what a live soil is. Take a handful and smell it. Dead soil doesn't have a smell. Matter of fact, it has a whole different word called dirt. Live soil smells rich. And last, make sure that you integrate livestock. Maybe you as a farmer don't have livestock. What a great opportunity to partner with a neighboring farm. You're going to grow clover. on your your property during its resting season. That's a great time for all the neighbor's cows to come use it as a grazing field, because guess what? It's gonna eat some of your clover, but it's gonna leave a lot of nutrient behind as it eats too much and has to get rid of it. That's manure being turned into the ground. And I know there's people say, but you have to turn it into the ground or or the nutrient won't get in there. That's not true. Nature has done it for years. It uses rain. When you have a rich ground, when that rain hits the ground, it doesn't just bounce and run off to the side, pulling whatever topsoil with it. You have this nice, soft, spongy-like ground. This is true soil. Water comes down and it saturates right into it. And as it moves its way down to the aquifer, it pulls nutrients down also. It's just a natural way to make your ground healthy. So when I talk about regenerative farming, a lot of us who had farmers in our families, you kind of chuckle because every time i talk about sustainability it's mm, go back to what grandpa did for me the vast majority other than some tilling that's what grandpa did you treat your land like you like you mean it like you want it to do well it's not just there for you to exploit you have to keep putting something back into it and it can't always be from a squirt bottle let your ground be part of nature and it will feed you for a lifetime now current large-scale farms That's not what they do. They compete with nature. Matter of fact, they eliminate nature. They want a sterile piece of property that sits there controlled and empty when they're not using it. I'm telling you, it's what the dirt bowl was. Here in Michigan, you can see all these little tree patches, okay? All of our farmhand have these little islands or little areas with trees, and that was to help break up the wind, create some root in that area, to try to keep the growing soil, topsoil, on the ground. Because we all, I mean, I would hope we all have learned in history what happens when you pull all the nutrients out of your topsoil. Oklahoma's topsoil and or dirt, dust, or sand ends up in Washington, because all it does is blow away. Commercial large scale farms are monocultures. And like we've talked about in the past, that's a food desert for any kind of nature. Any pollinator, it can't live there. There's no food for as far as the eye can see. It is not part of the ecosystem. And they rely very heavily on chemical additives. And year after year after year of these chemical additives are yielding less and less and less results. So what do we want to see? I hope that small, medium farmers start looking at regenerative farming. Start putting in islands of trees and even better islands of fruit trees because then you're still producing something if not for commercial use but for yourself or the perimeter can be fruit trees just keep integrating new things maybe you start off growing a little less but you have a much wider diversity of things to sell this is your farmer who takes these things to the market and and sells them individually you're going to have a better tasting product a better and a a healthier food and you get really good at it when these large scale farms start to fail you will be feeding this country, possibly the world. Thank you so very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this short. If you did, share it with a friend, maybe a small to medium farming friend. If you want to do a little more for realistic sustainability, that would be fantastic. Please follow the show. Click the subscribes, click the follows. Doesn't matter if it's on the videos or the audio. Follow realistic sustainability, and at least the algorithms will know. Leave us a review. I love five-star reviews, and it's been a very long time since I've seen a new one. So leave us a five-star review. If you want to do even more, you are always welcome. Please go to org forward slash podcast page, or go to anchor.fm, search realistic sustainability, and you can support us through those sites. I think it's $1, $5, $10 a month, your choice. Anything helps. We greatly appreciate it. Nick and I really do. We put a lot of time and a lot of effort into this and we really enjoy doing it. So we, we hope to do this forever. And we really do appreciate you stopping in to take a listen. And remember, we only do this to get a little bit better. A little bit, little bit, big bit. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.